0: Hey folks, welcome to the show. It's your boy, J Tony Tones, and uh I wish I could come back from like a commercial break like they do on the late night shows with the band playing and, and just banter with my band leader. <laughs> oh, Kevin Eubanks, you you're the best man. Uh, but I don't. It's just me. Just me here in the in my in the podcast, in my, my lonely little space here. What a stupid year to start another podcast. i I've, I'm fully aware of that, that nobody's commuting anymore and Nobody's really driving that much anymore, which is a big time when people listen to podcasts. Or if you're like me, used to go to the gym and listen to podcasts, and I don't do that anymore. So thank you very much if you're listening and you've made it this far. I hope you're learning. I hope you're enjoying them as I am. Um, I personally think they're, I think they're really good. I give it five stars. Um, at the time I'm recording this, the first presidential debate was the night before, and I just got to shout out to anybody that's still surviving and <laughs> still decided to get out of bed today. That was a tough one. And I assume they're all going to be like that because this is the world we live in now. Anyway, today's episode is really awesome and that's the intro. No, this is uh, a very special episode to me because I have two of my family members on this episode. And no, it's not because I can't get any other guests, but it might be partly why. No, I really am excited about this because when we had a, a baby last year, and actually my daughter's asleep in the other room so I need to probably bring it down a notch. When we had a baby last year... My wife was working and she took time off. Whatever, the kid can get used to it. She took time off, you know, but she worked all through her maternity leave basically and she just was up late at night and just, I got to see this, new resilience of my wife that I knew was probably in there just hadn't seen it and I don't know if she <laughs> realized she could uh do what she did and it just made me start thinking like man working mothers moms who who get up and do all the things that need to be done with their children and then go to work and crush it is a pretty awesome thing to discuss and I don't it's not because I'm like hey you know these women they're trying their hardest no I, I really do believe it's an equal thing I have had multiple female bosses and i in male bosses i don't really see a difference there i don't see gender (laughs) is that a statement no i uh well this is the episode that might get me canceled whatever i i really do think it's something that we need to talk about um you'll hear the same thing and it's easy for some and especially as me a white man it's sometimes easy for men to just roll their eyes and say it's not really like this it's not but i wanted to look into what is it like to be a mother working because because you probably work with mothers and you work with people who are pregnant and I wanted to just shed a little light on what's going on what is required or are there any specific things they wish people would know and so on this episode uh, I hope you enjoy listening to my wife and my sister have a conversation with me But and- everyone, please shut up so I can do the You guys can both
1: DB your one,
0: actually. Hey. <laughs> well, we're here tonight with uh, my special guests. Uh, I forgot the note cards. Forgot your name. Could you? Uh, could you please introduce yourself? I'm sorry.
1: Hey, honey. It's Brittany, your wife, also known as Violet Ember's mom and Walter the friendly dog's mother as well.
0: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and you, Miss.
2: Hi. I am. <laughs> i am cracking up hi i my name is melissa styers i am ella joy styers mom hashtag ella joy to the world i'm wife to nick styers and i was previously known as melissa tony i am currently still jonathan tony's older and fabulous sister
0: that's right all right go ahead and plug your crap and get it out of the way what do you do? You're on LinkedIn or something? Uh, oh,
2: me? Oh, you can find me at www.styersconsulting.com or www.themelissaspeaks.com. That's
0: right. I've,
2: I've really used this time of 2020 dumpster fire <laughs> to <laughs> launch a side business, and it's actually going quite well, so thank you for asking.
0: Can I tell you something? I launched a podcast this year during quarantine. Stupidest idea ever. Nobody commutes anymore, so I don't know if anyone's going to listen to this.
1: And we just found out that Melissa's husband, Nick, did not know that That's Jonathan right. has not only one, but two podcasts.
0: We're uh, not even
1: sure if he knows who Jonathan is at this point. And we,
0: we also established this week that I am my brother-in-law's best friend, <laughs> based on percentage-wise of his friends. So. We're
2: very, very close, tight-knit We're family. super supportive
0: family. <laughs> well, the reason we are having this episode tonight is because... Both my wife and my sister are working mothers, and it's not uncommon, but it's also kind of uncommon, depending on where you are in the country. And so, you know, I'm down with the feminist vibe. You, you guys are rock stars. I don't know how to say this and to not be a, a jerk, a misogynist jerk, but I wanted to explore this tonight um, and went over some more female fans. So, <laughs> Just <laughs> no, like
2: Donald Trump.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know the crap out of women. It's the best. You um, now
2: made this podcast political. Please <laughs> cut.
0: <laughs> Whatever. I don't care anymore. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit. So my sister lived in Washington, D.C. for how many years? 12?
2: Um, so Close to that. 12, 13, 14. Yeah. 13, 14. 13, I think.
0: Somewhere between 10 and 28. <laughs> The year she lived in Washington, D.C. And so some of you guys knew I lived up there for a while. I actually lived with my sister, um, and that's kind of how I got up there. And then Brittany and I met up in Washington, Mm D.C., but we knew each other. We're all from Ocala, Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! You've probably driven through it on the way to get to Disney World. Um, (laughs) And and what we realized is that the D.C., Friends, we have. We were kind of the first of that group to have a kid, maybe maybe mm-hmm. the second, first ones to get married, and then we came down to Jacksonville, and it was like everybody's pretty much married and, and like two kids deep by the time we got down here. Have you noticed that there's a difference between a bigger, more progressive city uh, versus you know smaller? I maybe mean, speak to what you know, but Florida.
2: Absolutely. So in Washington D.C., it was not uncommon to be you know in your thirties, mid thirties, uh, still still single or just finally settling down. Um, mm-hmm. I had a, a lot of friends in the D.C. area that we waited uh, later in life to have children. I'm actually, um, my husband and I, we we were considered um, late to have kids. Like, it's a, it's a horrible term. It's called geriatric pregnancy, which is, like, worst term it's possible. so insulting. Um, and also, Janet Jackson had a baby at 50, so really, <laughs> let's get, yeah. you know, But so we were, you know, more on that side of things. So I think in definitely in the D.C. metro area, I think you see it a lot of times in cities there. Maybe it's because people are career focused. Maybe it's because of stress. I also noticed there was there was also I know a lot of uh, fertility issues that people went through. So, um, yeah, I definitely noticed that same thing. And then coming down to Florida, um, people felt like there was pressure to marry younger, pressure to marry right out of college, definitely more kids. Um, so it, it, it is a different landscape.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you think, Britt?
1: Sorry, I was focused on the mute button. Is that on? No, it's... Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is why I do the podcast. Brittany has no podcast. I have two, and my brother-in-law knows about none of them. <laughs> anyway, uh, so what's, your, what's been your experience? Do you feel in, mm-hmm. in Jacksonville that most of the women you know that are mothers have are, are, are working? Or is it the opposite? Or is it about even...
1: Yeah, so I would say it, it's split. So there's either those women who are like four kids deep and they have like they're just running like the bus circuit and getting kids to dance practice mm-hmm. and all of that. And then I know other women who are, you know, maybe been married for a few years and just starting on their first kid um, and then the ones that are doing that, just like choosing whether or not to stay in the workplace and make that decision. And I think that sometimes you get to this point, or at least I've seen in my friends where like you love your kid and you want to spend time with them, but you also love your career Mm. and you want to continue and not fall behind, or maybe just you love working and that's okay too. So I feel like it's kind of split down the middle.
0: Right. And I want to point out that the point of this episode isn't to say one way is better Mm -hmm. than the other, but we're going to explore just the idea of, of working what it's like to be a working mom yeah. in this age so let's talk about when uh you guys both had careers going when you had children mm-hmm. and then you went back to work let's talk about what that decision was like what, what was it like for you to decide i'm going to keep working and then what was it like when maternity leave was over and you actually started work again
1: I mean, it sucked. (laughs) It was really hard, at least in my personal experience. Like, I really enjoyed what I was doing and, you know, the money I was making and just feeling like I finally hit my stride in a career and was excelling. And then at the same time, for the first time in my life, I was just in this new role where I had this baby who depended on everything from me. Um, But also I was just so tired. I was like, how am I supposed to be up, you know, three times in the middle of the night feeding this baby, rocking this baby to sleep or falling asleep in a chair and then get up and then pretend to be a regular human um, and, you know, conduct these meetings and do these sales presentations. I mean, it was difficult.
2: It was really
0: difficult. Yeah. And what about you, Melissa?
2: I had a very supportive um, job, even through so through my pregnancy. I was um, we moved to Florida in 2015, and I worked remotely. Um, in t- I worked remotely for, for a company in Washington DC, and I traveled back and forth for about three and a half years. So I nice. was literally still traveling the globe, mm-hmm. um, pregnant. I think I think around seven months pregnant, I did the longest stint where I think I was on the road a total of 21 days. I might have been in London at some point so it was I was all over the place um but luckily I had um, DC has really great um, my company had really great maternity and DC has a uh, great law so I actually got I think it was 18 weeks I was four months of maternity leave and I, and what I told people was that at month four is when I started feeling mm. semi-normal mm-hmm. like again really? I think it took me up to three months so for these women that have to go back to the workplace my husband worked with the woman that was back like at week three um there's your your body and mind and emotions you're Mm -hmm. like it's just and it's different for everyone so I had a very very supportive work environment when I went back into the workforce um but you're you're all over the place and I think the term baby brain I hate it but I think it's true Mm. and um you know it was it was definitely difficult the difficult thing for me was i i've always been career driven um that was number one i was i always knew i was going to have a career i didn't know i was always going to be a mother that was Mm. uh, um on the fence for me and when ella listens to this 20 years from now (laughs) i love you and i've always wanted you you're the best thing (laughs) in my life but you know kids were i wasn't sure you know years ago so i knew i wanted a big career and um jumping back into the work world though especially when I was traveling once a month and definitely doing those international trips and leaving a 6-month old baby for 10 days at a time that was that was very hard and yeah. there were probably two days up to it where I was sobbing um, before I left I would mm. say once I was on the road my head was in the game but it was it was painful it was yeah. that was phys- like almost palpable pain
0: and Brittany left, uh, she was on maternity leave, but she was working on the biggest Mm -hmm. sale the company had ever had, so it wasn't even just like, Mm -hmm. oh, let's just close this little thing. And and she, Violet was about six weeks old, I think, at the time?
1: Yeah, or she had just turned seven weeks. Mm -hmm. So what
0: did that feel like, leaving the house, Mm -hmm. and especially leaving it with your... Maybe not so competent husband.
1: Oh my goodness. I could show your listeners the text you sent me that (laughs) night of just sheer panic. Um, But I'm
2: We were all praying. We were
0: all praying. (laughs) In my defense, was she not an active child? An
1: active child. She did not sleep. She didn't sleep. Yeah, she did not sleep. Um, Yeah, it was really hard. And, you know, just thinking about what Mel said about being pregnant and working, going back on that too. Like, you know, being a working mom starts at pregnancy. You might not realize that. But, I mean, you're in meetings without cups of coffee and you're exhausted, you're not sleeping at night, like the whole process, or if you're like me in sales and or Melissa, um, if you're traveling, like just trying to be like on site and just ready to go and you're on this airplane and maybe you can't like exactly fit the the seat belt around you. It's just, yeah. you know, a whole issue. <laughs> but yes, um I ended up leaving Violet at seven weeks. Mm. And that was a pretty I mean yeah. it was a pretty overwhelming trip as a whole but i think the hardest was when um she was about four months old and had gone on this interview and i had to fly to san francisco and then back and of course coming from florida there's just no easy way to get there. And yeah. I had a timeout. This is gonna get graphic, guys, but I had a timeout like when I pumped her milk. And so I just remember carrying these bags of milk oh. in my like carry-on and then getting it through security and it got swiped so many times, thinking, you know, people are thinking I'm like yeah. just dragging cocaine and these breast <laughs> milk patches and having to explain to the security guard why I need ice packs. Oh my and, gosh. Yeah, that was the worst experience. Well, and
0: also you had what well, you said at like a bar and you're like can i get some more ice for my milk?
1: yes yes so i had just wrapped up an interview and i was you know first time out of the house really in yeah. months since having the baby so i was like well i'll have a few glasses of wine but i had already checked out of my hotel room so i have all of these like bags of breast milk which at this point i've committed to it like these babies yeah. are mine i'm bringing them back but they were getting a little warm yeah. so Ordered a few glasses of wine and then asked for a champagne bucket. And then, yes, I put them in Ziploc so it was sanitary. But I had to dump all of this ice, so I had to keep tipping the bartender to keep filling up the champagne ah. bucket so that my breast milk could sit in there and then I could then shove it in a backpack. Only for it to be pulled over by security again at the airport. But yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: but it, you made you brought it home. Oh,
1: I brought it home, and that stuff was gold. And
0: it was uh, it was. <laughs> I remember this so. Brittany had mapped out like the entire days mm-hmm. of like, okay, she's gonna eat this much milk. We got down to the last bottle. It was like Hanukkah, mm-hmm. and the milk that was supposed to last only one night last <laughs> the next day. It was so every November fifth is our Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It was it, so it was pretty hard um, leaving your child. And oh the,
2: yeah.
0: Let's talk a little bit too about like the. Tell us like what that people say that they don't say and the the I just the way people talk to you mm-hmm. maybe the pressure you feel that's not said because they can't legally say it but what kind of pressure do you feel while you're on maternity leave like oh i do you feel people like resenting you thinking like get over it or what what goes through your head maybe at any given point throughout this kind of thing
1: I would actually say I was pleasantly surprised at how supportive people were, um, both clients and then also my coworkers. As far as not needing to log in or respond to emails as quickly as I normally would, um, and I just really wasn't expecting that because you know American society is usually so like full of like shame, and I did not experience that overall. Um, I and think your,
0: your job is based out of Jacksonville
1: yeah based out of jacksonville but even like flying up to maryland or chicago i mean which i guess are kind of progressive cities like i've never had any issues with clients you know giving me a hard time not needing to take breaks to go you know pump or whatever it may be so i found it actually to be quite accommodating
2: yeah i i have to say my husband did not think so i'm there there are photos of me on vacation and this will date me with the blackberry in hand doing my business work and my i had my personal cell phone so my husband really did not think I was going to unplug, and I unplugged. Wow. I I really did unplug, and I I had a very supportive at the time. My president, who I uh, try basically was his traveling chief of staff. He and his wife were just incredibly supportive, and my other bosses. I was hired into a new position there. They were they were really supportive. So. I, I felt support, um, and there was it was also a time in the company where a lot of people were pregnant and having mm-hmm. babies or had had babies. <laughs> um, but I will say I have seen it down. I've, I've seen it in the South. I've seen it um, when I was in management. I've seen, I've heard, um, I, I've heard it, you know, behind the whispers or whatever. Or are you going to have like other kids mm-hmm. or, or whatever? Really? Um, when, I'd like to share this experience, though. One of the best experiences I ever had, and I, I'll have to send this podcast to her, is I when one of my roles I was managing I was working for a president and I was traveling with him but also when you say
0: president you talk president, president of college yes
2: president of a college sorry not the United States <laughs> not, not I'm not that how many women you have? <laughs> um and there was a there was a short time in my tenure there where I was managing his home which was we kind of like modeled it after the the White House but on a much lower scale where it was they lived up in the up and the downstairs was. Uh, for entertaining. So I managed his home, but I was also on the road with him and staffing him and all these meetings. And I offered um, a woman the assistant director position un- under me. And as soon as she accepted it, she said, "Um, by- and by the way, I'm pregnant. And so, and, you know, I'm really proud at how I handled that as, you know, because... You could have gotten angry mm-hmm. and whatever, and she had every right to do that. And she was the most incredible employee I've ever had. And we had we had an amazing partnership. She worked all the way up until she popped that beautiful baby out. It was funny. He, he knew my voice because we were around each other so much. <laughs> and she came back to work for a week and then she she left she's like i can't like after maternity, she's like You're i so can't I do it wow. and i do not regret one second ever offering her that job in that time her career she's gone back to she's got three kids now she's you know moved areas and and has gone back to work and her career has taken off but I do not regret that hire I am proud of that mm-hmm. hire I am so proud of what we accomplished together and um, I think that it's a myth that you know when you're pregnant that you're not mm-hmm. delivering that you're not turning on and I, and I also think it does a disservice to think well they're going to leave mm-hmm. you know what great put talented work with talented people train them up give them skills boost them and they're going to when they come back to the workforce or if they go to be a full time mom that's still talent that's mm-hmm. out there and I think that we That twisting and saying that that well why why invest in talent are going to leave you I think that's a myth and a lie that should be debunked and just like to throw that in there Yeah, yeah it's
0: good.
1: And um, studies have shown, you know, over the years that companies that do make it easier for working moms to come back to work after maternity leave or have programs in place to make that transition easier for them, they have higher retention rates, which ends up mm. saving them so much money in the long run. You'll we'll have to do a follow-up episode with all of the statistics, but there's yeah. there's great data out there about it.
0: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... Do you, think, uh, do you think that's a modern thing that's kind of people have caught up to and what... What do you know of the women that have gone before you? You know, did it seem like they almost had to choose career or motherhood?
2: Yes, mm-hmm. I would say. I would say absolutely, and I would say still it feels it feels that way. I think COVID has has allowed. So I am. I'm also hashtag remote working guru. So I worked remotely uh, for you know the, that time, and I was one of the first in kind of a leadership level for a company of five thousand people to do that. But there was this myth around remote working mm-hmm. and and accommodating. Yeah. But I know what remote work can get done, mm-hmm. and so I think there was this myth around that you know mothers if they're if they're picking up their kid at three, they're not going to be back on the computer. Mothers, women, you know, mm-hmm. let's be honest, we're the we're we're carrying this guy like mm-hmm. the world on our <laughs> shoulders. We're amazing yeah, like, and um, I think that obviously those that have gone before us I think they did have to choose and I won't lie there is still a ton of mom guilt mm-hmm. that I carry yeah
1: mm-hmm. and I, I would say even as a follow up to your question about you know was it hard to mm-hmm. go back and do you ever get these looks from people or these questions and I would say that even though I never got those looks or didn't feel supported the balance of no longer having a newborn but like a toddler and still being a working mom that wears on you more because even though you have these progressive parents, which, yes, Jonathan, you help change the diapers and you, like, take your own vlogs and all that fun stuff. No, you're great. Um But Thanks. even though... <laughs> <laughs> you
0: worded it so, so nicely. I'm
1: making a joke. Um, but I'll even, do the jokes
0: right here. Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about that later. Um Anyways, so even though, like, you know, men are taking on a more progressive role within the house, there is just... I think maybe it's maybe it's the type of woman I am or other type A woman that I know. Like women and moms can't help but get down in it and get their hands dirty and um, you know, make sure that things are done right. Like, it's right. awesome when the husband like, packs the lunch and stuff, but you're still in there making sure that they've packed everything <laughs> and that the diaper bag's good Let's to get go. A little, a little
0: personal here. Just so I, can talk <laughs> I think abstractly. this is a <laughs> personal experience. I mean, but then mind. it's like you asked them to vacuum and they didn't
1: know. No, I'm just saying that women, um, even though they have a great support system, will still continue to carry the weight no,
0: that's true. of
1: their family because. Even if I believe that even if you are career focused, your family is still coming first in your mind and you're still giving them your best effort.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to talk uh, a little bit about Brittany wrote this blog that we, we never posted. Um, I, I want her to eventually, mm-hmm. whenever you're ready, uh, called Bad Mom. Mm-hmm. And it was, I thought it was just a really great, honest look at how it feels to leave your child. With somebody else mm-hmm. and we both had childcare workers in the house mm-hmm. uh and one of the things i hope you don't mind me talking about this is, is so it was hard for me to to kind of accept so i'm a dad i'm involved love the kid you know would do anything for her but there's a different connection that a mother has because you actually bore the child mm-hmm. it's a motherly connection and you told me at one point you're like i had this hard time hearing violet laughing in the mm-hmm. other room and you said those are my laughs mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that when you know so modern day mothers are maybe working in the same house right now with covid mm-hmm. who knows what's going on what's it like to feel like you're missing out on those those moments these sweet moments and but you know you're doing the right thing for your family but talk walk through that a little bit
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's beautiful imperfection every day. Like you have this mentality and this drive to provide for your family or to, you know, set a good example for your daughter or your son of what it means to pursue your dreams and your career. Um, But at the same time, when you love something so fiercely, sometimes you can become possessive, which Mm. maybe I was in the sense that I just wanted to spend all of my time like snuggling her and changing her diaper and just doing all these things that a mom should do and i'm saying that as a woman who's probably always going to be a working mom i still felt that i had this like duty and also this like self-fulfilling need to be with her and you know when she's learning like that the sky is blue in Mm. a book or what pet fur feels like when she grabs the dog's fur you know i felt like i should have been there for those moments and i I felt this just sadness and this pain of missing out on it but I also felt this conflict of wanting to continue in my career and wanting to work and and knowing that mentally and emotionally I really thrive and do better in some cases when I'm working in an environment where I'm you know setting goals and achieving mm-hmm. um so it was just conflict and imperfection and tears and happiness and loving every day at five thirty.
0: <laughs> yeah and you never really get past that point.
1: No and I'm sure other people have you know different temperaments and maybe they're ready to hand their kid off to a <laughs> child care provider like drop you off at daycare have a great day you know but for me it was just it was really hard and I think it's okay to acknowledge that.
2: I felt a lot of guilt, actually, and guilt still is something that I struggle with. I have an my husband is amazing, and especially when I was doing the travel, my, my job now and my jobs now are still, they're not, um, they're definitely not nine to five, so they are, are events and they are um, coaching and speaking and all of this stuff, but especially with the travel, the guilt I felt is that. Um, my husband is you know we're dual we're 50 50 if not he's 60 and I'm 40 sometimes and so I felt guilt of not feeling like I miss my child completely like super completely however when I was like my head was in the game you know my you know 18 weeks in my 19th week we were in you know Los Angeles for one of our largest events and I my head's in the game and I'm I'm with colleagues I'm with co-workers and I'm kind of detached and so i I felt a guilt in a different way, mm-hmm. where almost I felt guilty for not feeling guilty enough. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense.
0: So you felt guilty for not feeling guilty enough. The fact, and so I mean, I think that kind of almost speaks to another issue of: Do you feel like a, there's a stigma that you're breaking down at this point? Till it's 2020, women are the workforce. I've had many female bosses. Let's talk about just women in the workforce and workforce in general what what what's that like i mean do you deal with a pressure that i think men are sometimes oblivious to or is that gone now
2: well i will tell you something that really ticked me off was when the the short time that that the president and ceo of yahoo came back from maternity leave at 3 3 weeks in to six to set a precedent, and it was—I thought that was terrible. Mm. I thought that was terrible leadership. Terrible, like this is the bar, this is the standard that you should meet. I think that was—I thought that was disgusting leadership as a woman, um, because I think we should—that that's not the bar because our—and whether it's—and I've had a lot of friends that actually that have adopted in the adoption process and the fostering process. Like there, there is so much that goes into being a parent, but specifically that mothering, nurturing. Um, I think that uh, that that really. That, that really upset me um, that there is that there's this again, it's a myth and I think I do think we've come a long way. I have a dear friend that I work with where she's the breadwinner and he stays home with the two girls and I, I you know I think that model is amazing. Yeah. I think that it's definitely different than it was 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, but in 2020, you know I I do I, I report in in one of my jobs to two two amazing women that are at the leadership level, the highest leadership level. Um, but I still don't feel like we have equal seats at the table. Why not? Because it's a man, man, man man's, <laughs> man's world. like we we haven't, but but what?
0: explain to me what why you don't feel that way? Because I would look and I'd see like my female counterparts are making as much money as me or at the same level. Same title, that kind of stuff.
2: But look at the look at all the presidents of universities. Look at governors. Look at mayors. Hmm. Look at uh, obviously we've yet to have a female president. Look at look in the Senate. Look in the House. Look look at the Look at the CEOs. Look at the one percent, which is who I worked with. Look at look at yeah. the billionaire list, and you're not gonna see. A lot of women at the top like that you're gonna see middle management and they're starting and especially women of color um where mm. you know you're starting to see them on the news as governors and mayors but if you look across the board at the leadership level like our peers maybe we we might be more equal women to men especially i'm, I'm also in fundraising there's a lot of women in fundraising but it's interesting when you get to the very tippy tippy top it's men mm. at a lot so um, look at the, I, I would encourage you to look at the top the, the top tier. Mm-hmm. I, that's just my opinion.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I would say I've worked for both men and women. Um, and I've had some really great bosses on both sides. However, I have had experiences as a woman where I was asked to do things that I don't think a man would have been asked to. And not in like a sexual weird way or anything like that. But just like, just odd, just bizarre questions or situations where it just doesn't feel fair. And then I've also had experiences where, you know, men who owned a company or who ran a company or ran a specific office, like they had very apt women who ran the office actually for them and they just kind of collected a paycheck or made the big decisions and were very disconnected. So I think it's hard to say or it's hard to see – I don't know, I'm trying to say you're gonna have to edit that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, can I jump in here too? Mm-hmm. I also had I had an amazing experience and I don't wanna, you know, one way or another, I really love Cheryl Sandberg's book mm-hmm. Lean In, and I know she's controversial right now, I think. But I when in the middle of that book, I worked for um I, I worked for a president of a university, of a prestigious university, and he was such a feminist in terms of I, I wrote him an email halfway through the book because What I appreciated from him is he did not look at me. I did not have a PhD. I'm not, I don't have that... I, I I worked. He put me in the same category as the vice president of research that was a brain, literally was a brain surgeon, and he expected the same mm-hmm. the same deliverables from me as he did from that man who was probably forty years my senior and who many who knows how many degrees. So I also want to say I don't want this to be like a. I think that there are a lot of men. Um, the interesting thing is, is I've had some very incredible women mentors, but I've also thankfully had some amazing men m- mentor me, including my president, including um, my dear friend, the former ambassador to Kuwait, um, and uh, former, a couple of former vice presidents, They've, they really took me under their wing. And I'm really appreciative of that. So it's definitely not, um, you know, I've, I've got a former boss that want, they want to see pictures of my daughter, they want to know how it's doing, they they want to help me in my career. So um, it's not a women have to be at the top thing for us to succeed. But um, I just I just wanted to throw that in there that there's been a lot of great support um, from from both from my male leadership.
0: What does it do for you both to see women achieve you know in a space make make something of themselves in a space that's dominated by men? Re- recently we were talking about Chadwick Boseman who passed away who was the Black Panther mm-hmm. and uh, you know some people were like oh, I get it he's a he's a Marvel guy but like but I'm like think about like if you're a black kid mm-hmm. and that you've never seen a guy on the screen that is like, well, what about this other guy? He's a minor character, like a lead person. And to watch him die, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I just was like, my heart went out to these kids. I'm like, this was your guy. And now he's got, you know, not that there can't ever be one again, but you kind of got the sense of like, the, the way people probably felt about Barack Obama becoming yeah. president, mm-hmm. like finally he looks like me and he's in a yeah. position of power. So what is a female rising to power in a male dominated society what does that do for you? And who do you look to? Who has really inspired you?
2: So, Britt, I would ask you a question. Though, mm-hmm. One of the things that I look at is what did they have to give up? What mm-hmm. did they have to sacrifice? Because I feel that a lot of women in these leadership roles that I'm following and that I follow that they, there there has been a massive sacrifice. And what mm-hmm. is that? Was that their marriage? If marriage matters, mm-hmm. then was that their was that children? Was that you know what what did that look like? And that that's something that that really does pop into my mind.
1: I think sometimes, too, that women that, um, you know, rise to the top, maybe they aren't giving up necessarily like a marriage or like the ability to have children whoever it may be. But sometimes I think they're giving up this concept and idea of perfection. And with mm. social media, like we all feel that we have to be showing our best selves mm. and how we have it all together. And it's just so fake and empty. And it's also so deceiving because no one has it together. And especially like if you're wanting to make it to the top, if you want to be the best, you know, if you want to be a CEO, if you want to be a congressman, you want to be a doctor, whatever you want to be, you're gonna make sacrifices. And sometimes they just might be letting go of that concept of you have to do everything perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to have a bad day, it's okay to not be mom of the year, it's okay to not be an employee of the year. I think yes. you go through seasons and you make those choices as a family, you know, with your your significant other as to like what you're
2: prioritizing at this time and just go from there.
0: <laughs> man. Turn that into a meme. That's also, great.
2: um shout out to the single mothers. Yeah. Like shout out to the single Superwoman. mothers, the single parents doing it. Like I don't know, like they get the gold star and shout, shout out to the the folks without childcare right mm-hmm. now. They're balancing. Oh man. This is this is it's a it's a tough it's a tough time. I You know, that's so interesting. There's not, like, I, (laughs) for the first time in my entire life, I made a vision board. And the women on my vision board are kind of eclectic.
0: I've been staring at it all week. I'm working (laughs) in her little nook. We've been here for the week.
2: And my vision board is all about travel and friends getting together and um, being on the stage. All of things that you cannot (laughs) do right now. Um, But a few women that, this is very random, that are on my vision board. I I really respect, I love Drew Barrett. More her um her autobiography Wildflower was probably my favorite. I've read a, really? I've read a lot of biographies. Yeah, she um I love that I love the production company that she has, the makeup industry that she has. She's just now started a late night show or a talk show. Um, and she she talks about being a mother and how um she also talks about her difficult you know being raised in Hollywood. But I really respect her. Um. God bless. Ellen has been on my vision board. I don't know what the heck <laughs> is happening with that. I uh, might have to rip her down. <laughs> um, I'm not sure, you know. But she's somebody that obviously she's she's not a mother to. Um, to, to children, but she's mm-hmm. done so much for the environment and for wildlife. Um, but those are women. I really, I actually surprised myself. I am not a reality TV show person, mm-hmm. and I agree with you completely, Britt, with social media. I think that social media lies, and I think we need to be more honest on it because we only are showing, we're either showing mm-hmm. our absolute best selves or our absolute ridiculous worst mm-hmm. self, and there yeah. is there is a medium in there. But I, I actually put Jessica Simpson on my vision board because really? I thought her book, her book was so beautifully written and she was a lot more intelligent than I gave her credit for mm-hmm. we also have very similar upbringings with her with religion mm-hmm. Um, but being this brilliant successful business owner but she's also um, a mom and coming overcoming addiction and those are just a few obviously um,
0: you also have Tyler Perry on your vision board who he is, plays a woman
2: he's awesome <laughs> he is you know he's my he's my man and Tina Faye, I go back to her book mm-hmm. Bossy Pants I've yes. read that probably four times and she <laughs> nails a lot of these issues as yeah. well oh my um and i'm i realize i'm just naming like actresses and actors um <laughs> i have a lot of respect there's i have personal mentors my my dc mom as i call her my um she is she is a rock star she is a force to be reckoned with and she actually um she has a really great position of i i feel high influence and she she was a mother late once again geriatric pregnancy at 31 and 37 i'm sorry 37 and 41 and had raised two incredible boys that are they were in our wedding and um they're one already graduated college and he's super successful the other one's a fantastic baseball player in college and I look up to her immensely and she she did it all she would be on the hill till 10 o'clock at night come home I was living with them at the time and we'd watch c-span together until you know midnight she'd fall asleep on the couch at 2 a.m. she would bake the um cupcakes for because she was still class mom and she'd drive you know back and forth so I respect there's there's a lot of women like that 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 I respect too I think you know there's been a lot of trailblazers Mm -hmm. yeah anybody for you um aside from your sister-in-law yeah yes (laughs)
1: you are very inspiring you you send me a lot of pickup voicemails pick-me-ups and flowers i'm having a hard day you're your gift your gifts are your love language for sure
2: and i'm also a great life coach right (laughs) yes
1: yes you've coached me through my marriage Mm. joking Mm. joking
2: is it a joke is it um
1: (laughs) I would say that the women that I find really inspiring, one are just women who show up and go to work every day, Um, you know, especially moms that do that, Um, but this whole trend in social media of women who aren't afraid to show their bodies before and after photo edits, I'm like, yes, you know, getting older, I'm starting to get some lines, some gray hair, and you just feel like you're constantly behind. But when someone, like, posts something where you can identify with them, like, it's, like, Breathing life into someone, you know, you just feel this new sense of energy. Of okay, yes, I'm getting older, but that's okay. Like that means that I've lived more, I've traveled more, I've eaten more delicious food. Like it's awesome, you know. <laughs>
0: So the more open people are, the more that's encouraging you to to see the honest, true, true person. To to, just
1: let go of the idea that I have to have it all together, 24 hours a day, seven days a
2: week, every single day of the year. That's great. And also kudos to all of the women that ran for president this Mm -hmm. year. That was amazing to see. I love seeing that. I think that that was super inspiring. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. And it's funny, (laughs) Melissa's husband, my brother-in-law, who probably never going to listen to this episode, <laughs> shows just replaced all of the lights in the bathroom. Oh, my And gosh. we're like, walk in there and it's like, I'm ready for my close-up. You just see every imperfection of your body. Oh, I didn't no. know I had that. But we do that kind of with, with social media mm-hmm. and, you know, how many pictures do you take before you feel competent to, to post one? So I think the more open and honest people can be. I mean, for me, uh, just hearing people just talk about real life yeah. is, is, I mean, Stim Kerr Chapman's uh, biography, autobiography he laid it all out there, mm-hmm. and that inspired me to, to
2: wait. To, do you like Stephen Kurzheim? I didn't know. Oh uh,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. our listener. See, you gotta remember, like everybody that listens to the show goes way back in time. Throughs mm-hmm. you know, I pick up. Let's talk about powerful men. No. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I wanted to ask if you could go back in time and talk to yourself when you're 18. What advice would you give yourself?
2: So I actually answered this question about a week ago, and um, a few things that I would that I would say are one, women, um my my fellow sisters are not my competition mm. and so do not compete with them do not do not feel the need to compete in anything there are seats at the table and to also not only not compete bring them along with you so if i could look at my mm. 18 year old self i would say bring all of them that you can. And I think it's a lie too and it was a lie in my brain that if somebody had my similar personality type, like, oh, stay away. Like, yeah. no, there can be – because there's only one – we're all – I believe we're all uniquely and fiercely and incredibly made. And so I would say bring other people along. Get out of your head. Do not let – also do not let your career – I. Identify you. Do not let that be your identifying factor. And um, I would say that you're gonna you're gonna do big things, little one. So just get ready. But I and I'd also say just let your curly hair go and stop (laughs) and stop trying to change your laugh because you're never gonna change your laugh. Um, But I really think that we were taught. Um, And Brittany, I don't know if you're going to get into this, but we, you know, I grew up in different competitions and music and acting and all this stuff. And so we were pitted against each other Mm -hmm. all this time. And Brittany might be able to talk about pageantry, but um, there was always competitions. And I was, I was in a club in high school and it sounds so insane now, but literally this club was like a sorority to beat all sororities in high school Mm. literally you rushed for a week there was every single day yes you rushed like there was the dress up there was this and then my year was the last year where you actually got quote-unquote tapped where they hazed you and they pulled you out of bed at midnight like with parents yes I remember this at midnight I'm ripped out of my bed or 2 a.m. And, you know, and you were the chosen one. I was obviously president of that club. But (laughs) looking back, how horrifying, because there were girls in high school, 15, 16, 17-year-old girls that did not get into this high school club. And, like, how awful. Like, I still, that still hurts my heart. I'm not talking about sororities. This is literally high school age. So I think at a young age, we're kind of put into these things where, Competition is there and obviously competition for, you know, love interest and all of that stuff. So, um, I would say own who you are, own your power and also understand that words have power, which I, um, I've stepped into that too. Sorry, that was a long monologue. No, that's
0: good. And I, you know, I, for one, have learned from your mistakes and I didn't <laughs> get invited to one party in high school. So I took that away.
1: Um, for me... It would be, once again, to just let go of this concept of perfection because it's completely unattainable. Um, And then also to just enjoy life. I mean, to learn new things. Read more books. Um, Talk to people that don't look like you, that Mm. don't believe the same things you do. Like, Just challenge yourself to get out of your comfort zone. And then also keep in mind that in life especially as a working woman you're going to be told no more times mm-hmm. than you're going to be told yes mm-hmm. and the nos don't matter and really the yeses don't matter like it really comes down to like do you like yourself can you sleep at night like are you are you excited to be around yourself do you bring value to other people's lives like that's what's important um yeah yeah. <laughs>
0: That's good. if i could talk to your 18 year old self i'd be like give that give that one guy a oh shot oh my gosh <laughs> yes he's gonna be he's gonna be okay mm-hmm. brina and i went on an awkward date when she was 18 weird, yeah, weird. well is there anything else you guys would like to share any closing thoughts
2: i would like to share that you know i there are a few women in my life that really stand out obviously my mother
0: Who's sleeping in the corner of the room right now? Mom, you got anything you want to say? She
2: really wanted to be a part of this podcast. <laughs> she and Nick will discuss it later. Um, but there there are some women in my life, and, and Jeannie, my DC mom is one of them, and Robin, who really gave me gave me my shot, and Diane, who was the wife of my president, um, that really uh they they were ahead of me and they pulled me up, and I think that mm-hmm. I owe a debt of gratitude. And I think gratitude to them. Um, gratitude to my girl tribe I have a massive girl tribe which going back to Brittany I am so thrilled my tribe of women are of different they are so many different ethnicities like we we map the we map the globe in terms of where we come from what we look like and I'm super proud of that and I'm super proud of the fact that um we're we're not all the same religion we're we're not all we're not all the same level in our careers and I think that it's awesome and i would encourage um i would encourage other women to befriend women and to go outside their comfort zone and right now it 2020 has been an income a very uncomfortable year um and i think it's the time to i think when you have the opportunity to lift other women up you should do it mm. even if it means mm. it's not you even if it's not for you I'll, I'll never forget i applied for a job and i knew it wasn't for me and i gave i off, i said you know you To a colleague, you should go for this. And she just celebrated her ten year anniversary. She's running. She was won the president's award uh, this year. She's she's amazing. And that was. This is not a bragging point for me, but it's a point to say. You know, look for opportunities to open that door for other women because that's the only way we're going to get there. I actually feel that we that women hinder each other more than men do at this point. Hmm. That's that's a little bit of my opinion.
1: I don't know if I agree with that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is Melissa hindering you from?
1: From, no, no, no
2: not
1: tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess the last thing I would say is just that, you know, God will find you at any point in your life. And I think that, you know, as a woman and in the workforce and as a working mom, like you go through so many different seasons and experiences and um you'd be amazed at all the things that God already has planned out that you never even fathomed or imagined. And it's almost just comforting to think of that.
0: <laughs> That's good. Well, you guys were awesome. Thanks for being on my show.
2: Wait, wait. I thought we were going to sing a duet. <laughs> That's for the other show? Okay. Mom and
0: I sang uh, The Greatest Love of All. Ew. I believe the children are... Stop. Afraid. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, thank you guys for being on the show.
2: I have one more thing. Oh, okay. Can ahead. can men... Can also, like, men like you and other, other men, I think... When you guys have the opportunity to raise women up in mm-hmm. terms of bringing them to the table, mentoring them, don't run away. I really am disgusted with the sentiment of our vice president that wouldn't take meetings with a woman in his own office. Um, I wouldn't be where I am in my career if men did not like bring me bring me to the table as well. So mm. I would also give a shout out to all your male listeners to bring bring women along as well and look and look and see if there's diversity there. Um, I I would challenge you on Mm -hmm.
0: that wow that's great well thank you guys for being on here I mean my three favorite women in the world are in this room right now and one of them is asleep in the corner (laughs) I'm over that phase mom you want (laughs) to say something (laughs) All (laughs) alright thank you guys uh, for being on the show and I guess I'll see you sometime maybe in the future we'll get together
2: yeah you need to go put the baby to bed that's true the baby is in bed oh my gosh hashtag favorite aunt (laughs) you. <laughs>